On this episode, we're going to be talking to the CEO and co-founder of a marketplace, which he refers to as the Uber of lawn care. Do stay tuned. Welcome to 2X e-commerce, the e-commerce marketing growth podcast where you ask questions and I, Kinney, answers them. Also hear from proven marketing growth experts who are number one or number two in specialist areas of online retail marketing. So if you work in or own an online retail business, listen in, get involved, join me and let's put some fuel to skyrocket your e-commerce growth. So on the inbound marketing strategies, how do you beat Amazon? Natural search and our search engine position is critical to the customer flow through the website. I personally would not have an account process interrupt checkout flow at all. My favorite customer lifetime value calculation is an easy one. It's your average order value times that purchase frequency times uh, your customer lifespan. I'm Kune Campbell. Let's get rolling. If you're looking to grow your business, there's only one way by building real quality customer relationships. Most marketing software will claim they can do this, but will never deliver on their promises. You need to demand more from your marketing software. And that's where Clavio comes in. Clavio helps you build meaningful customer relationships by listening and understanding cues from your customers, allowing you to easily turn that information into valuable marketing messages. That is why 10,000 innovative brands have switched to Clavio. What's the secret to building customer relationships? Tune in to Clavio's Beyond Black Friday docuseries to find out and unlock marketing strategies you can use to keep momentum going year round. Just head over to clavio.com forward slash beyond BF for more. That's clavio.com forward slash beyond BF.com. Welcome, welcome to Access to the 2X e-commerce podcast. I'm your host, Kone Campbell, and this is the e-commerce podcast dedicated to rapid growth in online retail. This show is geared to helping you ambitious online retailers looking to scale 2X, 3X, or even 10X. You know, I always handpick the guests that come onto the show to share their expertise and experience. My criteria is based on one question. Can my guests provide you guys valuable information and insight to help you grow metrics such as conversions, average order value, repeat customers, traffic, and ultimately sales? If they can, I try and bring them onto the show. And on today's show, we're doing something different. I know I've had... um, marketplace, you know, um, so marketplace entrepreneurs come on the show, but this one is like really different to what we've had in the past because it is, um, an e-commerce marketplace linked to services. Um, and, and it's a marketplace, um, and, um, they use principles as transactional, they use principles, um, you know, for, for e-commerce to, to actually scale their business. They're in the well over a 10 million, you know, um, dollar company right now and it's 100% bootstrapped. So um, there are lots of learnings to inspire you all um, from this conversation we're about to have. Um, And um, yeah, I would, uh, you know, um, I'll just introduce my my guest, Jean Caballero. Welcome to the show. 
Hello. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Fantastic. You're the co-founder and CEO of GreenPal. GreenPal is an Uber for lawn care. Could you please explain, um, you know, what, what, what that um, entails? Yeah. So basically, uh, GreenPal has been described as Uber for lawn care. And it's the easiest way for homeowners to find, schedule and pay their lawn guy. Awesome. Okay. All right. Um, and then what about you? Um, your, your background. Um, so could you take a minute or less to, you know, introduce yourself? Yeah. So, um, born in uh, South America in Lima, Peru, um, lived in the United States in Nashville ever since I was five years old. Uh, always had an entrepreneurial bug. Uh, my mom owned her owned his own business. My grandfather owned his own business. So always kind of had that entrepreneurial spirit. Um, Postgraduate degree, the only job I could find was in sales. And so I did that for about uh, 12 years until the opportunity for GreenPal was able to uh, lure me away from the corporate world. And uh, here I am. Fantastic. Fantastic. Okay. Um, So yeah, how... Did you start, you know, you, so you said you had a sales background um, and GreenPal is a tech company, you know, um, whether you like it or not, you know, however anybody wants to, um, you know, view it, even though you're in, you know, the, the lawn care and gardening space, um, you're enabling, you're using technology to enable, you know, um, you know, transactions in that space. So how did you, how did the idea, you know, sort of um, come about and um, how did you, Get it kickstarted. Right. So uh, my co-founder had one of the largest landscaping companies in the area. Um, And uh, when he wanted to exit that company, him and I kind of started talking about the pain points that, you know, landscaping companies have to grow their business, to manage it, to make it more efficient. Um, Well, at that time, my territory that I covered, I, I did tech sales, um, equipment sales, and my territory was based on the, uh, on the West coast. And so I kind of was privy to the Uber, the Airbnbs, the lifts, um, of the world. And, um, they were all in Silicon Valley. So, you know, we kind of put our heads together. It's like, well, Hey, if somebody's going to rent out a couch for a weekend to make, you know, $50 and at some point they're going to, you know, summon lawn care the same way. And so, uh, we just knew that at some point that was going to happen. And uh, that's why we started Green Pal seven years ago. Fantastic. So what was like the, you founded it in 2015? Well, it, it was started in 2012, um, but we actually didn't get the business going until 2015. 15, okay. So what did the, so from 2015, what did the first six months look like? Um, the first six months were a lot of, uh, a, a lot of reflection on, you know, how do we make this thing scale? Uh, okay. Now we've got a usable product. Uh, we've got something that we're not ashamed of, of showing people and to let people know that it, it exists. So the, the first, the first six months where we're learning, getting user feedback, getting vendor feedback to make this thing better, to keep making improvements little by little to make this thing scalable. Mm-hmm. What was the holdup between 2012 and 2015? Three years is a long time. It's a very long time, a very expensive three years. Mm-hmm. Um, so when we first started, neither one of us had 
technological background. You know, we, we were in sales and we are in corporate lives. So we thought it would be as easy as, Hey, let's pay a, uh, let's pay a website company to build this thing for us. It costs us that much. So, uh, you know, we gave them $125,000 and, uh, after the first year, you know, Hey, next week, next week, next month, we're, we're getting closer. And, um, they actually went out of business. So a year and a half into it, they delivered us a product that was very pretty, but very unusable. Mm. Um, so with that being said, uh, if we wanted to continue, we literally needed to have a co-founder go to, um, a school to learn how to build this on his own. And so mm. he did that he went to school for eight months, learned how to build it and uh, built a new version. So that three years was basically that in a nutshell. We paid somebody to build it. They went out of business. We had a co-founder go to software school in Nashville, Tennessee to learn how to build it. And he built it and it was ready in 2015. That is amazing. That's an amazing story in the sense that um, you're still that resilience to push forward three years on. So, you know, the conviction of, you know, um, this working, you know, green, the concept of Green Pal actually working was very, very strong, you know, to, to keep you guys going. A lot of people have given up and just cried on the fact that they lost 125 grand and, you know, um, <laughs> let, me look, let me look on to the next one, right? <laughs> Yeah, I don't think there would have been a next one after that. That would have, that stung a little too bad. But um, but yeah, I mean, we we initially had good feedback from the vendors, not necessarily the homeowners, because uh, all of that was using it at that time were friends and family. Mm. Um, but we had a lot of positive feedback from the vendors saying, "Hey, you know, this is uh, you know this is this is great if you could do this, this, this," um, and having a strong landscaping background as well, we kind of knew that there was a lack of something like this, a lack of tool, um, in the landscaping industry. So we knew that, uh, that was just going to take a little bit longer, but, uh, but we were still going to pursue the idea. So, so your, 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 your co-founder with a gardening and, you know, landscaping experience, how to learn how to code. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, it was, uh, it was a little bit different, but, um, but you know, it's a school structure. Uh, you know, you put your head to anything, you can, you can Absolutely. do anything you want Absolutely. And, uh, Absolutely. Very frustrating time where you know you can't really do transactions, can't really do uh, any business. But uh, but you know it gives me time to lay out the steps. Like okay, well, what we do we need to do? Who do we need to kind of hire in the meantime to get the website you know designed perfectly? We probably did a thousand usability tests on uh, on what we thought the product should look like before we implemented while while he was building it so uh, a lot of downtime but a lot of you know non-revenue producing downtime which it, it can be tough as well okay makes sense so um beyond the first six months what what were the goals for for year one um so 2015 and and how did you guys sort of measure up with with the with the expected goals in 2015 so in 2015, we actually didn't even launch until like the middle of the summer. Um, that's when it was finished. So our goal of that week to ha was to have, uh, it sounds so minuscule, but to have 100 transactions per week, uh, meaning that 100 lawns were completed on our platform. That was our goal for 2015. Mm -hmm. And did we hit it? No, we actually had 92. So a little embarrassing that we weren't able to hit it. But um, there was a lot of hand-holding a lot of a lot more customer service that we needed to do. Um, we were in the business, not on the business, just shuffling 
Um, if a vendor couldn't make it, then we found another vendor for them. So it was very, very hand hand to hand combat that we were doing that first year. So, uh, but our goal was a uh, hundred transactions and we fell a little bit short. Which, which, which is understandable. And then how do, how does the 97, you know, transactions in, you know, for half of, um, you know, um, 2015 compared to, to what you guys did in 2018, how many uh, transactions so- a, a month do you handle now? So, um, this in, in 2019, um, we'll do about 12,000 transactions per week. That'll be probably be the average, um, week per week. Correct. Wow. No, I'm sorry. 15,000 per week. 15,000 a week. Wow. Mm-hmm. And what's, what's like the average order value for, for, uh, for lawn care? It's about $42. Okay. Okay. Makes sense. Makes sense. And, um, so yeah, let's, let's talk about, you know, acquisition, you know, um, so how did you, you know, get your first thousand, you know, um, customers, um, you know, in, and what, what kind of channels have you sort of, you know, applied, um, to, to, what, what have you sort of doubled down on and seems to be, you know, seems to be working at the start of, of the business that is. So at the, very, at the very beginning, we knew that since our, our percentage that we take is so small that there's no way we could go to, you know, and pay $20 per click to get a customer. That would literally be almost a full year of lawn maintenance that would have to go perfectly good for us to get our money back. So we knew that that wasn't an option. So in the, in the very beginning, we knew that PR was going to be huge for us and uh, word of mouth was going to be huge for us. And also, uh, vendors onboarding their non green pal customers onto our platform. Um, so we were, we did a really good job of, uh, of doing PR and letting, you know, uh, the media know that, Hey, there's a new company, uh, in town. That's, that's, that's Uber for lawn care that can, you know, help homeowners find landscaping professionals. So we really did a good job of, of, of promoting uh, green pal, which was, which was very free. And also SEO, we started SEO around six years ago, knowing that that's not an overnight success. You have to grind on that for, for years before you see any, any payoff. So we, we started that very, very early knowing that was going to be our, our best channel. Um, and then we also knew that, you know, to have a little help to grow this business, we needed the vendors help as well. So we made it very easy for them to bring their non green pal customers onto the platform so they can just, you know, use the green pal app for their day to day and be their operating system for their landscaping business. Mm, makes sense. Um, so just tracking back to, to PR, um, did you do it yourself? Did you hire a, you know, a third party? Um, how did you crack the PR code? Um, and did you start locally? Yes. Yes. So we, we started locally and, um, you know, basically anybody will write about a local company, you know, like, yeah, they're going to, they think they're going to be the Uber for lawn care. I'll write about them anyway. So it was, it was kind of, it wasn't easy, but it wasn't very difficult to get it, uh, locally. Now, um, when you go, our second market was Tampa, Florida. When you go there, you don't know anybody, nobody cares that, you know, that, that you're not from there, you're starting a business there, you know, you're just offering a service there. So, um, basically what, what I, did was, um, I knew that we couldn't afford a marketing team. You know, those things have retainers for thousands of dollars a month. So I found a local PR, 
um, individual that uh, I asked if I could hire her for for a few hours and she kind of teach me the, the do's and don'ts of the PR business and maybe give me some templates and how to find people to follow up with. So I think she was around $200 an hour. And so I was able to afford her for about three hours and uh, she gave me some really good tips and I've been doing it ever since. Yeah. Amazing, amazing stories and how you're bootstrapping and making significant progress. And then, um, for the, and I guess from the PR, the, you know, um, that, um, spilled over to word of mouth also. And, um, when the service is really good, there's more word of mouth. So it sort of self, is a self-fulfilling prophecy, you know, once you have a really good system working. Correct. Correct. And, you know, we, uh, we're, we're currently building right now a referral process for homeowners to refer other homeowners. So, mm-hmm. um, that, you know, you can, you can Google all you want to, but if your if your coworker says, Hey, try this, obviously that's uh, going to over yeah. any Google search, any review, uh, any five-star rating. So you're so spot on. You're so spot on this. There's so much power and, um, and a dinner, yeah, yeah, and word of mouth, basically, you know, over a dinner table conversation, you know, if you're at work, ask a question, all that kind of stuff. You're, you're so right. Um, so SEO, let's talk about SEO. SEO, you're six years in. How did you learn SEO? Did do you do the SEO, or does does your 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 co-founder do the SEO? We kind of split the SEO duties. Um, so uh, we we both kind of have a, a very you know a very kindergarten, first grade level of it. Um, and with that and hard work, you can, you can really, really impact your, your domain authority. So, um, it was just him and I, you know, pitching journalists, pitching, uh, bloggers, pitching, you know, pitching basically everybody that, that could possibly write about us. But now we probably have, I would say two teams, uh, that are helping with about three or four, uh, link building campaigns, um, all contracted overseas workers that are pitchy assets, pitching story ideas, pitching infographics and stuff like that to help with our link building. Amazing. So what was your, um, you know, what, what, what was your, so what's your SEO success like, you know, what kind of, you know, searches do you, do you get, you know, um, do you get, you get traffic for? Um, so those numbers I don't have in front of me, but, uh, our DA, I think right now is around a 70 wow. out of hundred. So, um, like I said, it's taken us six years it's to get domain there. authority for, for guys who don't know what. Yeah. So domain authority is, okay. is kind of a, uh, a weird number to talk about because a lot of people don't, there, there's a lot of different tools that will give you a domain authority saying, Hey, how popular is your website through Google? Uh, only Google knows the true, um, you know, the true domain authority number, but there are a lot of companies that kind of algorithmically think that they know. So, um, a hundred is perfect. Facebook, Google, Amazon, Nike, um, those companies are the one hundreds. Um, a lot of universities are seventies, eighties and nineties. So to be in the sixties and seventies is, uh, is very good. So it's basically the DA is just a ranking of how you search, or uh, of how you rank when, uh, when people are looking for your business. Yeah. And 70 out of a hundred, which is a really, really good score. Okie dokie. Um, so how do you, um, how do you retain what, what's your, like your retention, you know, like in, in the business, you know, in, in Rinpal, um, you know, do, are you seeing a lot of return 
you know, um, transactions and return buyers using the service. Or to, yeah, you know, yeah. um, the the question, the reason I'm asking is like, um, if I was to hire like, you know, a, a gardener, you know, a landscaper for for our garden, um, there are two ways we could look at this. Um, if it's a landscaper. We may just do it as a one-off project. They they do it and, you know, that's it. But obviously there's a maintenance bit of it, which, you know, we could either rehire that person or, you know, or maybe get a gardener. Um, once I've established that relationship with, with that service provider and I'm really happy with him, I don't see why I should go back to the platform and look for another um, you know, another gardener and, or pay through the platform. So how do you get, um, you know, your vendors to ensure that, you know, transactions go through the system and, um, they just don't, you know, pay cash. Right. Um, and it goes back to, um, to, to kind of the vendors. So we, we thought that it would happen more often. Um, but what we realized is that if you give somebody something that is valuable, they don't want to ruin that relationship. Um, if we make it so easy that they can bid 10 properties and win two or three properties and make it easy for them to get paid, uh, make it easy for them to upsell, uh, make it easy for them to, you know, to get to their routes faster and quicker and more efficiently, then they're going to stay on the platform no matter what. So that's exactly what we did. Um, that's why our fee is so low. Like, would you risk, you know, having a green pal account for a dollar 50, you know, to take, to take this customer offline. Um, when we're feeding a vendor, you know, in some areas, 20 to 30 possible new homeowners a day, um, mm. free, honestly. So, um, and the homeowner side, the homeowner doesn't want to meet a vendor out there for, for a quotation. They don't want to leave a check under their mat. Um, you know, they don't want to, they don't want to have to walk the property, um, some people have, you know, 10, 15 properties, uh, that they manage and it's impossible for them to do that. So, um, we try to make it as, as easy as possible for both parties, keep the cost low for the vendor. So he really doesn't have any reason to, uh, leave the platform and, and take it offline. So, and I guess it's the same Uber mentality, you know, once, you know, um, a service like Uber or Airbnb have trained, you know, right. look, if you, and I'm going to talk about the app, um, because we, we need to, you know, cover the app for sure. Um, that, you know, um, it's a safe, you know, environment to transact with service providers and, you know, um, there's accountability. So do you have a feedback system? Yes, yes, we certainly do. And that was my, that's what I was going to mention next is, um, all vendors are scored on a reliability rating, ongoing service rating and a star rating. Mm -hmm. So let's just say uh, a vendor gets 10 new properties and he has a zero ongoing rate uh, percentage. That means he's taken followed most of his customers offline. Um, so when we have a, a vendor fall below a certain threshold, then their count is deleted because if homeowners aren't rescheduling him, he's either doing bad work or he's taking them offline. So it's just better for us to part ways early than to have to deal with it down the road. Uh, so that's kind of the feedback loop that we have. And it's also, you know, homeowners see that too. Like, Oh yeah. Um, you know, Campbell's lawn service has 95% reliability rating. They have an 80%, um, you know, ongoing rating and they have 4.8 stars out of five, you know, I'm going to pick him. So we give all the data to the homeowner so they can pick who they want to work with. Amazing. So there's our accountability, you know, um, back end, you know, also. Okay. And then let's talk about 
activity. So where does, you know, um, discovery and, um, uh, and transactional activity actually occur? You, you did mention, you know, um, prior to the start of the call that you do have um, mobile, you know, mobile apps and, um, and a website. So, so where, you know, when you started, you know, when, when you kicked off the platform back in 2015, um, what was the ratio of, you know, um, web to, to, to app like, and, and how has that sort of evolved to 20 in 2019? I'd say it's it, in, uh, in 2015, I'd say it was about 60% online and 40%, uh, 40% mobile. And now that number mobile is around 80%. Yeah. So, um, you know, nobody is, you know, Googling lawn care, Nashville, Tennessee on their, on their desktop, they're doing it from their, uh, from their, from their mobile phone, which is not really surprising nowadays. No, it's not. Uh, and then on mobile web today, um, do they install the app? Um, what, what's, what's the customer journey like? Yeah. So the customer journey is, I'd say it's about 50, 50, uh, 50% do, uh, you know, use the mobile website. And then once they've done a transaction, um, 75% will actually download the, uh, the mobile app and, and and disregard any of the mobile platform other than the app. So, uh, once one transaction goes well, we have a really good shot of, of, of keeping you in the ecosystem and getting you to download the app. Okay. Okay. So, um, you did mention SEO, um, in an event where, you know, um, 50% of, you know, um, customers or some 5% of customers actually use the app. Am I doing any sort of app optimization, um, you know, akin to, to SEO on, in the app store or Google play store? Yeah. So what we've learned is nobody Currently, nobody is currently going to the, uh, you know, to the Apple iOS store and looking for lawn care in their area. Um, so when that starts to change, you know, we'll, we'll, you know, we'll focus our efforts on, um, you know, on the, uh, on the app search. But as of right now, it's, it's still about 95% Google. Wow. Well, amazing, amazing. And hopefully, you know, um, you know, some we've heard about instances in which some apps just blew, you know, blew up off the back of the, um, getting featured, you know, by, by right. um, Apple editors. And uh, it'd be interesting to see if like, you know, Apple is able to create like a local and Google is able to create like a local section, your know, local, you know, apps, apps to help you get about locally or something like that. And then, you know, feature services such as yours, cause, um, such as, um, GreenPal. Um, yeah, it might be, you know, quite useful, you know, in some, some that, would, that would, that would make our life a lot easier. <laughs> right. Okay. Um, so, um, revenue wise in terms of like, how does the business model work? You know, um, so you, what do you keep, you know, for every hundred dollars that comes through the system, what's average order of value, you know, like, and, um, for every hundred dollars that comes through the system, you know, through that you, you collect, what, what do you keep? Yeah. So, uh, our business model has, and always will be just a 5% transactional. So hundred dollars goes through, we take five. Okay. So, so really it's, it's all about chasing the number of transactions and that is probably your, your North, your, your, your North star in the business. That is, I mean, um, you know, we've, we've thought about, uh, you know, different other, you know, revenue models, but I don't think we're at that point yet. Um, 
But, uh, but as of right now, you know, um, the 5% is not going down and it's not going up either. So we, we do believe it's fair. And, um, you know, the 10,000 vendors that are using our platform, you know, they obviously think it's fair, but, uh, but it's something that we're going to, we're going to stick with for now. And I love the fact that you're a platform, you know, um, and you're not a business, you know, um, sitting on another platform, if that makes sense. Um, Yeah. So in regards to, um, the number of States you are, so are you a national, you know, um, do, do, do you operate in all 50 States now? Um, or, or, or yeah, in the United States, what's the, we will, be, like? we will be in every state by the end of 2019. We're in about 30 States right now mm-hmm. and uh, we'll be in every state by the end of the year. And, and what happens? What's the process? How do you launch into a state? I, I know you talked about um, earlier about um, when you went to Florida and um, you know the challenges you had and how you eventually you know broke your way into Florida. So do, do you have like a plan? So now that you're on, on you know this podcast, you've been on Forbes, you've been on you know several other publications. Um, that those have a national broadcast. You know those you know just transcend you know states, um, but. What do you do specifically if you were to, you know, um, go into a state? Yeah. So, um, uh, back before we had things figured out, it was a manual process. So basically I would pay somebody to aggregate, uh, all the data from a, let's just say a Louisville, Kentucky. Um, I need 500 vendors that, that mow lawns in Louisville, Kentucky, and I would manually text message them, manually call them, and manually email them. Very slow process um, that yielded us very slow growth. Um, so now uh, we've used Facebook ads for the vendor onboarding side. So basically, once we target a geo. Um, that, that we want to launch in, we start our Facebook campaign for that. Uh, once we hit a certain number of, um, of vendors in that specific area, we'll start building landing pages um, in that area. So we'll have one for Louisville and then we'll, we'll, we'll have one for uh, any other smaller mid-market or smaller market company or mm-hmm. smaller market city in that, um, in that area as well. So typical city, we probably have around 15 to 20, uh, landing pages and sub landing pages for an area. Mm -hmm. Um, once we finish with those landing pages, that is when the, the, the PR, uh, the PR will start. So, uh, very scalable, very repeatable. Now we're launching about a market every, every two weeks. Mm -hmm. So, uh, we've got a team of content writers that write our, all of our landing pages and we have a Facebook advertising team that, um, that helps us with, uh, with onboarding the vendors as well. That's amazing. So with the Facebook advertising, that's why I love to talk about really, um, do you, what, what format do you, do you use the, the messenger format where they, you know, um, where, where the ads trigger, uh, you know, um, trigger people to message you or um, do you take them to a landing page in for your Facebook? Yeah, we take them to a, we take them to a specific landing page that has a video of how everything works. Mm. So we're, it's getting us around 20 vendors per day, 20 to 25 vendors per day. That's amazing. Um, That's amazing. And is your targeting hyper targeted, you know, um, 
in yes, it, it is. Um, with Facebook, you probably already know this, but the more hyper you get, the more expensive those clicks are. Yeah. So, uh, so it, depending on the market, uh, we can get super hyper if we need to, but generally it's more of a broad geo. Um, because at some point if these, if, if the vendors, you know, 10, 15 miles, a little bit North of where we're looking at some point, um, there'll be business there. So, uh, it's just easier just to do a, a more broad geo than, than anything. Yeah. Uh, I was, um, speaking to a colleague of mine who, um, he's a consultant and here's like, um, you know, he used to do lots of like cold outreach emails oh, um, to, to get potential customers. And then now he's, he's sort of automated it through Facebook advertising. And he said, you, you know, can I, um, if I didn't get the proof of concept from the cold emails, I wouldn't be doing the Facebook advertising. It's like, you know, a shot in the dark. Yeah. Um, so you need to grind those first few, you know, to, to understand how it works, to know how to sort of, you know, automate it in the, <laughs> in the second yeah. instance with, with Facebook. Right. Super yes. interesting. Super interesting. Okay. Um, I, I guess that's, you know, that pretty much, okay, let's talk about revenue. You know, um, how has the, business grown, um, since 2015 in, you know, 2015, obviously was, um, was half a year of business, but you know, um, how did you do in 2015 and how did it compare in, you know, 16, 17 and 18? Yeah. So, um, I guess it's just easier for me to go backwards. Um, so see in 2015, um, I think we did a little bit over 200,000, um, and, uh, a lot of that was testing and, you know, um, you know, just hand holding. And I think we had less than 15, 20 vendors using the platform. Um, in 2016, our first full year, um, we did almost 2 million. Um, 2018, we did five and then, uh, this year will be 15. Nice, nice, nice. Brilliant, brilliant. Um, yeah. So, you know, um, it's, it just sounds like you guys are, you you know, you've, you've got things dialed in, um, for scalability. Um, I have a question. Um, so if you're approached by, um, a VC company, um, for investment, would you budge? Um, you know, we have been, um, I think, the last six months I've been approached by seven. Whoa. Uh, two of the two of them were 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 very, very large and it was kind of like a little, you know, um nerve-wracking talking to them because I, I'm not a I'm not a, a, a Harvard grad. I am a, a state school product. I am a a 3.0 GPA kind of guy, you know. Um, so it was a little nerve wracking and, you know, you see all these success stories of, you know, people that dropped out of the, those schools, like, yeah, I, I wouldn't have anything to talk to these people about because we're not on the same intellectual level, but, um, the tide is changing now. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, hard work does pay off yeah. and, um, you know, having talked to them and told them our story, it's, it's one of those where, you know, they agreed with me that, you guys really don't need VC funding. You know, the only reason that you would need it is just um, if you wanted to grow faster, but you guys are growing fast enough. So out of all of those conversations that I had, the consensus was, yeah, keep doing what you're doing. 
as of right now, you, you, you're not the company that needs money. Um, if you ever decide that, you know, that, that, that you and the founder, you your other co-founder would like to take some equity out, let us know. Um, but the, the overall consensus with that conversation was, um, was that, you know, I don't blame you. You don't need it. Oh, impressive. The, you know, the, the, the story, you know, so far has been, you know, really, really impressive in terms of how, especially the, the fact that now you've, you know, shifted um, a lot of the onboarding process or an automated, pro, you know, um, you know, process, which, which, you know, um, all you need to do is, um, just put in some more firepower and, you know, um, and, and that will just blow, blow up, you know, you've been 50 States and, you know, it's, it's just down to, to branding, you know, so. You know, um, yeah, good, good stuff. Good stuff. Um, so is there any other thing you want to say as, um, you know, or, you know, that we haven't really covered that you think, um, you know, that the audience would, would, you know, would benefit from? I mean, um, something that, that we did, you know, in, in 2012, before we even started is, um, getting feedback from people, not just friends. Um, you know, like you talk to a friend, Hey, I've got this idea of making a, uh, a widget and nine times out of 10, your friend's going to be like, Oh yeah, of course I'm going to, I'd love to buy that. I'd support you, you know, but I think it's basically skewed feedback. And, um, something that we did is before we even started with that, with the, 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 the shop that was going to build our first website, we literally, literally went door to door for, uh, for a month and a half in the summer. Um, we had our iPads loaded with, uh, with a five questionnaire and would knock on doors and, you know, preface, Hey, my name's Gene Caballero. I'm not selling anything. I'm just thinking about starting a business and I wanted to get your feedback to see if, if this is something that you would use, or this is a dumb idea. And, uh, we knocked on thousands of doors for that first, you know, during that time frame, And, um, basically we had about 60 to 75% of people that would say, yeah, they would use our service because of this or because of that. So with that non-biased, you know, feedback, you know, we knew that we had a business and that we should move, move forward. So I, I just challenge people to do that more than to, than to, you know, just talk to a few people and just say, Oh yeah, my best friend and my, my wife, they love it. It's going to be great. Well, that's probably not the case. So, um, get out there and talk to strangers, you know, pay for, pay for user groups, focus groups. Um, They're not that expensive and going door to door, asking a stranger, we set up a, a kiosk at a mall for one weekend because it was raining, um, to get feedback, you know, giving out, Starbucks $5 gift cards for somebody to sit down with us and and talk to us about it. So get as much feedback as you possibly can, because that is so much easier than paying somebody to build a website and your product fail because you can't find distribution and you can't find people that, that, um, that are going to use or buy your product. So it's gotta be a a decent product and you've got to have people that can use it. So get out there and, and and see if it's a good idea or as good an idea as you think it is. That's um yeah that uh you know that, that I can't say you know anything I can't add to 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 what you just said you know um you know feedback is absolutely important in in the products and um, you know thank you so much. Before I let you go, 
Okay. Uh, it's the lightning round um, section. I have only five questions and hopefully you could um, add to them in a sentence or less. <laughs> in a sentence, it's not no such as a less sentence. Get ready when you are. Oh, I'm ready. All right. How do you hire people? Okay. Hiring people. So, uh, our motto here is green pal is hire fast and fire faster. Um, a lot of great candidates, a lot of, uh, a lot of talent here, but, um, I don't think it's necessarily in the, uh, the hiring process. I think it's more in the firing process until you find that right person. Awesome. All right. What are your three indispensable tools for managing your business? Intercom, intercom.co. Uh, that's a huge one. Uh, Facebook is, uh, is, is huge for us. And also Google, Google maps is huge for, for our business. I can imagine. Um, <laughs> what's been your best mistake to date? I mean, a you know, um, um, a setback that's giving the biggest feedback. The, the biggest setback is hiring a, a company and paying them $125,000 and only using a video, a one minute and 20 second video that they made for you well, was not directed by James Cameron. Well, that was our well, biggest mistake, but best mistake to date. Yeah. Okay. So what's one piece, what, what piece of advice, just one, um, would you give to like, you know, retailers or, you know, individuals listening to this show who want to sort of, you know, get into market, set up a marketplace. Make sure your product is 10 X better than the alternative. Fantastic. If you could choose a single book or resource that's made the highest impact on how you view building a business, which would it be? Oh, that's hands down. Steve Blank, The Four Steps to Epiphany. Well, Four Steps to Epiphany. Fantastic, 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 Jane. Um, thank you so much for turning up on the show. If anybody wanted to connect to you, find out more about GrinPal, you know, what's the best way to, to reach out to you? Uh, they can uh, check us out on uh, Facebook, GreenPal. Uh, Twitter is at your GreenPal. Uh, my personal uh, Instagram is at Gene underscore your GreenPal or uh, underscore Gene underscore Caballero. And, uh, our website is yourgreenpal.com. Awesome. Thank you so much. Cheers. No problem at all. Thank you. So that was a wrap on this week's episode of 2X e-commerce. Remember, you can catch me every week and also send your questions and comments on Twitter using the hashtag 2XEcommerce. Keep yourself in the loop by subscribing to this podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcasting app. It only takes a few seconds and it means you'll get the most up-to-date episodes to help you grow your online store. Do have a good one till I catch you on the next show. Bye-bye.